My name is Adeyemi Adesoya. Welcome to 90 and a little extra. Uh, this is a podcast that is dedicated to sports business, football business. Uh, last time around, we had uh, Tosi Akiemi on the show as we reviewed the league management company, the guys responsible for managing the Nigeria Professional Football League uh, status and regulations. So we brought you part one of that and the feedback has been great so far. We will also uh, record and bring to you part two uh, shortly. But today, it is my esteemed honor to bring to you renowned African football writer, uh, Lotfi Wada from France. He's currently based in France, but he's an expert in uh, North African football. And of, as you know, not, the North Africans continue to dominate African football in every aspect. On and off the pitch, they continue to uh, to stand out. So today is a pleasure for me to have Lotfi on Nighty and the Literature. Welcome to the show, Lotfi. Uh, welcome and thank you again for your invitation. It's my pleasure to talk about football uh, in the sister country of Nigeria. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, so, Lotfi, my first question is, what has North Africa done differently? to starve off or to push away European football. Because if you look at football across the landscape of Africa, it is dominated by European football. Uh, the English Premier League, La Liga, Syria, um, all over our TV, that's what we see. And I think that has also kind of adversely affected uh, crowds going to the stadium to watch football matches. What has North Africa done differently? that they continue to show and lead the way across Africa? I think uh, the major difference with the, um, with the rest of Africa and, uh, and their two, three clubs, I think I would say the, the major difference is the fact that our clubs, for instance, Esperance, El Ahli, uh, Zemelik, you know, they are more than sporting clubs. They have sporting clubs, sorry, they have real social roles and they are deeply rooted in the society, for instance. Mm. You know, uh, Esperance, and I, I think everyone knows that Esperance, for instance, diverse, sorry, the vice president uh, was the, the, the father of uh, Tunisian independence and he took the role personally and his brother was also uh, a board member of Esperance before, um, before the, the country, our country Tunisia became independent and, and everyone is saying, and, uh, and it's true also, that for instance, club like Al Ahli or Esperance uh, played a major role to to fight against to fight for independence and to fight also against colonialism. For instance, El uh, Ahli uh, members and founders were were young were young nationalist Egyptian nationalists who were who first used El Ahli to El uh, um, quarters the quarters the, the the headquarters sorry they. They built. They used them to for political meetings, etc. So first, it give, it gives them a, 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 a roots in the society outside of the pitch, and then the fact that they are very old. For instance, Zamalek, which is uh, which turned uh, 109 years old uh, a few few years a few weeks ago. Esperance, which turned uh, 101 years a few years ago a few weeks ago sorry they are deeply rooted and i think that's the major difference and and uh, and the fact also that uh, as said seconds ago the the social role they have especially in uh, in el ahli and in egypt actually because we we and uh, i think the the average african football fan he is um, knows basically just that for instance el ahli have a football team or are just a football club or Zamalek are a football club. But actually for those three clubs who are for me, I would say they are the, the two biggest sports institution. I, I insist on the sports aspect. They, they are much more, you know, they have, uh, for instance, all of the three have uh, uh, handball teams they have to, found, to fund. They are volleyball teams and much, much more uh, sporting codes. So, you know, it, it it, uh, it, it, they have a, a, a large umbrella in which many people can in the identify under. So it it, uh, it drains many fans and uh, and uh, even uh, children, and it creates a strong fan base. And even financially, it's a 
it's also a, a double uh, chopped, um, a double chopped, uh, a double-sided sword. Sorry, as uh, it it costs much to to found those uh, sections, but on the other side, you know, they bring uh, many, they bring also much money with with their success. And more of that for the Egyptian clubs, especially in Ahli and Zemelik, you know, they are they are based on the. On the on the on the Barcelona and for instance the best example, the, the the example of Barcelona and Real Madrid, you know they have socios which are, if we can resume like that, members who have a part of the club, and those uh, <clears throat> and those uh, for for Zamalek and El Ahli, those fans for instance and and they are not even fans, you know they are members, and they pay uh, an annual um, they pay an annual uh, membership. An annual subscription fee. Yeah, absolutely, an, uh, an uh, subscription fee. Sorry, which is uh, and and because of it, you know, uh, the club grants them uh, services. For instance, you have in El Ahly or Zamalek, you have restaurants, you have swimming pool mm. for those members, and the higher you pay, the better services you have. And and it created also this part created a certain uh, a certain social uh, the and it uh, deepened sorry the the roots. Of, uh, of the of all those clubs, especially those two. Hmm. Interesting, interesting that you said that uh, most of the clubs in North Africa have a social uh, standpoint. Uh, they are hugely, deeply rooted within their communities. Now, I, I'm coming to Nigeria. I've always said it that that is one of the problems that we have in Nigeria today. Our clubs are not deep rooted in the community. They have not invested in the community, so they cannot expect uh, sporting patronage from the community. But you said one other thing that is very critical here. You said that um, these clubs in North Africa played a huge role in, one, independence, and two, ensuring you know, social and playing social and economic uh, roles within the country. If you come to Nigeria, a lot of our clubs are owned by government, but there's still no, no effect. It does not affect their community. How has North Africa done theirs differently, that there's a huge attachment to the community? I think uh, it's a good point that uh, this contrast and this parallel between uh, our clubs and Nigerian clubs I think the, this is a good point, and the fact, the, I would say the fact that they became deep, deeply rooted, I think maybe it's a matter of culture actually, because we have definitely in, in, uh, in Tunisia, in Egypt, in, uh, and even in Morocco, especially for instance in Morocco, they, they have die hard fans of, for instance, of. Uh, of, of uh, Raja Casablanca, Waidad. Yes. Yes, and they have also die-hard fans of uh, European football, of Barcelona and Real Madrid. Yeah. But on the other side, you know, they, they have this uh, feeling of, of belonging, you know. it's uh, I, I would say it's more a cultural thing, you know, because you have clubs you have clubs who, who are deeply rooted uh, at such a point, you know, you are almost forced, for instance, to pick one uh, when, you, when you are born, you know, you have... Uh, and uh, I think you see that, for instance, when uh, they show pictures of uh, North African games, even in uh, in tough competitions, you see, uh, and I think that's uh, maybe sometimes the most striking, uh, uh, the most striking things uh, I I receive. For instance, uh, some people are always surprised to see uh, children attending games. For instance, very even babies. For instance, you you know, Esperance played uh, Club World Cup, and and they, yeah. and they had uh, they. There were babies who, who were who were brought to to attend the game, so it was a, it's it's almost a, a way of life, I would say, because uh, you know you have uh, anecdotes. I think you have uh, anecdotes who are who are always incredible. You know, some fans who are who spent, for instance, uh, one uh, one uh, hour before the the game of praying for their team to win, etc. You have some. You have just, for instance, the. The best example was uh, during the, the last uh, the last two finals of the, the Champions League and the CAF Confederation Cup. You know, you had uh, Zamalek fans who, who literally broke their fast because you know it was during Ramadan. They broke their fast in uh, in the stadium, you know, in order to be able to watch the game. And uh, and I think this feeling of um, of belonging, you know, and and the past wins also because 
um, the past uh, trophies, etc., and the fact that they are deeply rooted in the society by whatever the role they played, either it, it was, if it was a political one, for instance, of uh, Al Ahli Zamalek and the Esperance, and even uh, in, in Morocco with Raja and the WAC, or even in the in the social one, also also those with um, also those clubs, and even in Libya, for instance, when you have uh, some teams who are who are deeply rooted uh, and who, who, who got problems under uh, Gaddafi's regime. Uh, so yes, I would, if I had to resume, to sum up, sorry, I would say that the, the, maybe the, the fact that they are older and the fact that the, this, uh, social, uh, this social uh, roots deeply rooted in the, in the society, I think this is the major difference. And the fact that they managed to, to attract uh, uh, to attract a huge and immense uh, crowds every time and, and immense uh, fan bases. Okay, let, 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 we're talking about you, earlier. You spoke about um, Zamalek being over a hundred years old, Esperance being over a hundred years old. When those landmark years came along, how did they celebrate it and how much effort, how much planning went into celebrating uh, those landmark years? Uh, for the three, uh, as I said, those three uh, institutions, I, as I call them, the, the three uh, biggest cl clubs at the, the biggest aspect, obviously the, the first aspect, Al-Ahli, uh, Esperance and Zamalek, they actually brought, uh, and I think those who made the, the best was Al-Ahli actually, you know, they, in 2007 when they celebrated their century, you know, they, they did everything, you know, it was almost as if they were entering in a new era, you know, it was perfect actually. They brought uh, Barcelona, they played by Barcelona, if I remember well, it was in April 2007 with Messi, uh, Ronaldinho, Samuel Eto'o, etc. And, and also, which was a thing which was a landmark, you know, they, they modernized their logo, sorry, and also they opened their, um, their, their TV channel, which was a massive thing at that time, you know, it was, I think they, are, they were until a few, few days ago, actually, the, the only team in Africa to have its own... Uh, its own uh, club TV channel, yes, and and it's and it's a very good source of income. Even though the the content is uh, you know it's it's completely biased, but but the it's a great source of income. On their side, uh, El um, Zamalek sorry brought uh, Atletico Madrid mm -hmm. in 2011, if I'm not wrong, because you know because the fans are more excited by the you know they want a big game for the for the century, you know, for the football team. And uh, on their side, Esperance um, just uh, recently, you know, the, the fans uh, across the globe, actually, you have a fan who, for instance, uh, climbed uh, Kilimanjaro Mount and he put uh, an Esperance flag over it or uh, mm. uh, um, a jersey. And uh, around the world, also, the fans uh, decided to, to, to make some pyro shows everywhere. You had also experience who opened, um, uh, who uh, Christian, sorry, their, their own uh, uh, credit card to allow uh, fans, etc., to to get uh, uh, percentage, percentages, sorry, uh, and uh, when they, they they buy something from sponsors of the club, and um, and yes, and and unfortunately due due to the lack of time, they were supposed to have a, a huge game against. Logically, it was. Paris Saint Germain, but unfortunately, it, it didn't happen because of the of the of the lack of time in the in the schedule. But uh, yes, they uh, they uh, celebrated the the century in the best manner possible. You know, you had books, you had everything, uh, and uh, and it was uh, and it was uh, at the level of of those uh, three clubs actually. So so it was very good. And and the credits, I would say, uh, the one the best one was to El Ahly obviously. With, uh, TV channel, you probably you probably would have been wondering why I asked that question. Um, this year, Rangers, Enugu Rangers of Nigeria, will be 50 years old. In fact, they will yeah. be 50 years old on Wednesday. And as I speak to you, as far as I know, I could be wrong. There's absolutely no plan in place to celebrate that landmark year. You've spoken about. Um, a fan climbing Kilimanjaro to celebrate uh, Esperance centenary year. You talked about, you know, Esperance bringing out uh, 
some kind of debit or credit card for their fans, for them to, a loyalty card, for them to enjoy discounts when they're at that stadium or that uh, uh, shops of their sponsors. You know, I'm looking at the sharp contrast on this side of Africa, in West Africa, where, you know, where we're just not doing enough. But that's fine. Let's, let's move along because um, my next look is, do you believe that there's a changing landscape, especially in North African football, especially with the, um, with the rise of Pyramids Football Club? Do you think Pyramids, with what they're doing, the kind of business they've done of late, especially with the kind of impression they've created in the CAF Confederations Cup this year, do you think they can run Alali and Zamalek and Ismail, Ismail the strong um, household names in Egypt? Do you think they can run them out of the out of the market? I think they they have basically uh, in the past years they have basically uh, overrun them out of the market because you know they paid some uh, incredible prices. They actually signed uh, Wilfried Cano, you know, the, the starting defender of yeah. uh, Ivory Coast. Something which is, uh, if you had to tell me that, told me, sorry, that just uh, two or three years ago, I <laughs> believe it, you know, it's, uh, it's incredible that they signed him. Um, and uh, I think, yes, they, they have over, overrun them. And, uh, and now, actually, they have a new, a new owner. It's, not, it's no more the flamboyant uh, Tokel El Sheikh, who is now in Almeria. He, and he he sold the club to a, wow. a, a, a calmer a calmer and a less uh, a more discreet uh, <laughs> investor, which is uh, who is uh, Salem El Shamsi, if I'm not wrong. From the why UAE. why did he, why did he decide to sell? Because you know he had very he had huge problems in Egypt because oh. it's a long story. You know he he was uh, actually he was appointed in a certain way as a El Ahli um, honorary president during a, a very fastuous ceremony in which he, in which he, he promised that uh, El Ahli was going to, to have its own, uh, its own uh, stadium because it's the dream, actually, it's the ultimate dream and the only thing El Ahli are missing, actually, their private stadium. Uh, he promised that because, you know, he was brought there, actually, by, uh, by El Ahli current president, Mahmoud Al Khatib, and because um, in a certain way, you know, the, the pre presidential election in which uh, Mahmoud Al Khatib won and was elected, uh, Mr. Turki Al Sheikh was the one who bankrolled him, actually, mm -hmm. because, you know, the, the presidential elections in, uh, in Egypt are something which are, I would say, it's almost similar to, to, uh, to for instance, the presidential elections in in some countries actually you have debates in TV, yeah. you have a, you have a, you have a, you have a slogans, you have a every everything, you have adverts, etc. It's a very it's a very uh, huge thing, and he bankrolled him, and uh, and as he promised, you know, he he paid also for some transfers of El Ahli, some famous transfers actually very cheap, very expensive. And then, actually, as he was uh, insulted by uh, by some fans, he decided to, to by he decided to answer to those fans by uh, buying a very uh, very average club, which the name the previous name of Fire uh, which was uh, Asutfc. He brought it, he bought it, renamed it Pyramids. Uh, he brought some uh, well, he bought a, a player, a Kino, who is the who was sorry the was named the best player in Brazil uh, just after the World Cup, actually. Yeah. He, brought, he brought him there and much Brazilians, etc. And then after that, uh, I would say it was uh, last January in 2019 or, to, or just uh, months after, he decided to sell the, the, um, the club to a, a UAE investor, which is who is actually as rich as him, actually. So, <laughs> so they, they won't have any problem of money. And they brought, uh, as you as you said perfectly, uh, they bought a, a huge amount of stars. You know, they have they have basically the best players in Egypt. And as as I I, I think I repeated it on Twitter, uh, if uh, the CAF Champions League was open to more than two or uh, than two teams, sorry, per countries per country, they would be there with uh, with Z with Zamalek and El Ahli because their place is not uh, either financially. Or in terms of uh, pure level, they, their place is not in the 
in the CAF Confederation Cup, with all my respect for the rest of teams, actually, it's, uh, they are they are very uh, they are very impressive, even though they lost uh, yesterday against uh, the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so do you think that um, by the end of this season, um, Premiers can win the league in Egypt? I think it will be very tough because uh, El Ahly, uh, the league in Egypt is a El Ahly thing. You know, it's uh, it's like it's in uh, in our country in Tunisia. It's experience thing basically. In Egypt, uh, El Ahly always win. They always find a way. You know, it's. Uh, I would say it's almost in the DNA, but uh, it's something like this. You know, they always find a way to win it. You need to be very, very tough uh, because you know there's an incredible pressure in, in Egypt. It doesn't look like that, but El Ali have an incredible uh, mediatic power, and uh, Zamalek will have one now as they open their channel. So it's very tough to to, to not uh, track under the pressure which is uh, put by El Ali and. Uh, and uh, either on the pitch or off the pitch, so I think they will win the league early. And uh, and it's it's interesting to see this uh, this um, this rise actually of uh, of wealthy businessmen behind the uh, North African clubs because you know in the past we weren't uh, you know we weren't uh, known for that you know actually you had uh, in, produce your players more. Yeah, it was more it was more the players, but. In the recent years, you had many clubs who had very wealthy businessmen, and I think the most, the, the best example is uh, is Esperance, uh, Esperance actually, because they are maybe the only team in uh, in North Africa with a, a very wealthy businessman who had made, uh, who have made it actually, who have made, uh, who have reached uh, the level they should be, they should, they should have been since maybe a few years, since maybe. Uh, Let's say ten years actually, because they are their businessmen, their man, their president, Mr. Hamdin Medeb, and nobody no nobody knows him actually very much. He's a very silent, and uh, and he's the he's the, the the owner of the greatest dairy company in uh, in Tunisia, and and mm-hmm. he's uh, and you know his uh, his company made an annual revenue of million dollars wow. just last year so so basically in a certain way you know it's he's not injecting most of his money in, in esperance because if they don't have an owner you know he's there since 2007 the, he's always re-elected because the the results are are showing him are showing that he's doing a, a good job work, yes he's doing a very good job and actually he wasn't even named uh CAF president of of last year but that's more for political reasons than for the sporting, <laughs> the sporting aspect. Actually, if we, you, we want uh, some anecdotes, and uh, and yes, and he's now managing experience uh, very very well. You have also uh, you have also in uh, but also it's also I would say it's also a very uh, a double um, a double edged sorry sword as as you see, um, for instance, US Alger who are playing the Champions League. They have, uh, they have, they were owned, and they are still owned, I think, by a, an, an extremely rich businessman in Algeria, and and you know the the political uh, problems which happened in Algeria, and because of that, and he was strongly linked to the regime of Bouteflika, actually the former president, yeah. and because of that, because of that, they are they weren't. Uh, it's almost a miracle, let's be honest, that they are honoring their their Champions League fixtures. Actually, it's. It's really a miracle. The players aren't paid since five or six years, uh, f- months, months. Wow. Since five or six months, which is incredible. And um, and you know, even fans and etc. paid for for that. And you have also the the, the, be- the second best example of bad, uh, of in a certain way bad managing, which is uh, Esperance uh, neighbors actually, uh, Club Africain, who are who are in a in a crisis which yeah. is an extraordinary crisis you know it's, it's such it's so uh, it's so hard that uh, the the fa has to pay so p- partially the their debts actually so wow that's that's interesting 
Yes, and and it's I think it's also uh, it sums up perfectly the the problem and uh, and you have also it's not North Africa but you have also uh, El Marich also I think you had plenty of Nigerians who signed yeah. there in the past uh, and in the past uh, years and uh, and now they have uh, you know now they, some fans are paying to to renew the contract of players because. Their, their, their former president, uh, who was a very rich man, you know, he was said to to, uh, to have dinner regularly with the former president uh, Omar El Bashir, you know, the ousted president. Yeah. And uh, and he, this man Jamal El Wali, to not name him, he has been um, all uh, all his uh, all his, uh, for instance, his channels. He was a, a mogul. Uh, a mogul, um, a media mogul. Sorry, he, he owned plenty of uh, of uh, newspapers and uh, channels. He, he has all, he has been put uh, in prison, and now uh, they are fa- they fail, you know, because they fail to uh, to t- just to make the basic basic things. Sorry, and uh, and now it will be a particle. It will be. A, I don't think we will see them back actually in the in the highest. Uh, in the fiercest battle of battles of African football, and uh, and now you know we have also in, uh, in North Africa and also Sudan, we have also this uh, very interesting and uh, many people are remarking it. We have also this very interesting, uh, especially financially, the the Arab Champions League, which is back, yeah. and, and it could change uh, many things uh, at one condition. Okay, now it's good that you mentioned the um, the Arab Champions League because. Um, I had a conversation just last week, and the Arab Champions League came up. Um, one of the clubs in Nigeria made an accusation that um, it is not profitable for them to play the CAF Champions League or to play CAF competitions because uh, the prize money they get from CAF is nothing to write home about. And I was of the opinion that he was probably just saying nonsense because. I don't think a club should depend on prize money 100%. There are so many commercial channels available to clubs to make money from. So somebody was saying that, oh no, I can't use uh, Nigeria's case as an example in comparison to North Africa because North Africa has the Arab Champions League, which I understand the winner gets $6 million for winning. Am I correct? Six or seven millions, it depends. Yeah, for winning. And I'm saying that, look, that shouldn't be your outlook alone. Your entire income shouldn't be based on the prize money you're going to win. Because I will tell you something that is funny. In Nigeria, I could be wrong. I always like to say that. I always like to put a caveat that I could be wrong. Um, The winners of the league in Nigeria in the last two, three years have not received a dime from the guys running the league. So there's little or no prize money in playing the Nigerian Professional Football League. So I want to ask you, what is it that the North African teams have done to ensure that they stay competitive, both in the CAF Champions League and in the Arab Champions League? For the CAF Champions League, I think I uh, just to to rebound on, on what some uh, Nigerian clubs said. I think it's uh, it's not only shared by Nigerian clubs. I because I remember just uh, last August, uh, the president of Esperance, Mr. Hamdi Medeb, was was uh, interviewed by a Nigerian journal. He said clearly that uh, uh, CAF Champions League financially wasn't was absolutely not profitable at all you know because he said that the um, the prize money which is 2.5 million dollars yeah, for the winners wrong, yeah he said that if you you take everything from uh, from that the the bonus given to players uh, the um, the travel um, the travel accommodations the hotels etc basically the club uh, experience is only uh, is only basically uh, pocketing 1 million uh, one million in in its um, in its bag actually, but but that's they if, are... that's when they won. That means yes, the profit they made from playing in the Cal Champions League is probably just one million dollars. Yes, something like this actually. It's definitely, okay. and you know, and you know they have uh, so they have to pay sometimes the 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 
the the fines of, of uh, because of flares etc so yeah. they have to pay soft times etc so um, so yes you know, on this on this aspect i completely agree that it's not profitable even if uh, if for instance uh, nigerian clubs who are less richer than our than Esperance, for instance mm-hmm. are complaining imagine uh, if Esperance are complaining, I, I completely agree with uh, clubs who are less richer complain. Actually. Yes, but yeah, Lotsi, you know, you know why I don't agree. Yes, like I said I, I, I will say I could be wrong. Now for Esperance, he what he's done is he has isolated the Cup Champions League and yeah. said, okay, if we put all our eggs in the Cup Champions League basket, yeah. right, and we only depend on the prize money. Aiming to win the competition, we will make a million dollars profit, yes. right? Yeah. And I know Espons are not run like that. Espons has commercial revenue. They have yeah. match day revenue, right? They're a well-structured club. Yeah. So they don't go into a season focusing only on the CAF Champions League. Absolutely. They go into the season looking at the entire league season. So they're telling themselves, if we win it, what's the prize money for winning the Tunisian league? Uh, I think it's very cheap because, you know, we have, uh, we, just to give you an idea, the, the broadcasting revenues of each club in Tunisian, uh, in Tunisian league actually are, are absolutely are a disgrace, to, to, to be honest. The Esperance, for instance, are earning and even... Uh, Etoile or whatever, they are earning $92,000 of, of broadcasting rights. What? That's, that's a disgrace. I'm, I'm serious. I'm absolutely serious. $92,000 for a whole season? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Where does all the money go to? The, the rest of... The, 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 the league is not, sell, is not sold for a, a very hefty price. You know, it's sold for, for nothing. And it's, Who owns the rights to the Tunisian league? The... As usual, it's the national uh, TV, which oh. is, uh, and they always refuse to uh, oh. the, the national, the FA always refuse to to sell the rest. And you have some big games which are broadcasting uh, outside Across, Qatar. Yeah, but through bin sports. Yes, to some some uh, channels like this, but for the rest of the league, it's uh, ninety two uh, ninety thousand dollars. Yes, it's a it's a disgrace actually. That's and ridiculous. It's a disgrace. It doesn't even pay. It pays uh, just two. That's one salary. <laughs> yes, that's just uh, two month salaries. Uh, for instance, of a of experience at uh, striker Thais in Khnisi, who is earning uh, thirty five thousand dollars a month, and it's oh. quite disgraceful actually. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so you know you you made a very fantastic point now. So. Tunisia, they have an issue with TV money because yeah. uh, broadcast rights are kind of political. So, in essence, but still, the state broadcasting company or TV station can still produce and package quality production for the Tunisian people to watch on TV, right? Uh, I think I, I wouldn't go in this sense, actually, because... Uh, we, uh, we, uh, Tunisia and maybe Algeria, we have the worst broadcasted league, I would say. Maybe in Africa, I would say. I, no, 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 no. I can assure it's, you, it can't be worse than the NTA. Uh, honestly, it's, I would say maybe it's on par, actually. We have a, we have I, I don't think so. Well. The NTA? Uh, nah. But, okay, so, you know, okay, so Esperance will say, uh, TV money is not much, but look at commercial. Yeah, Esperance probably has every other every other week they have a full stadium. Yes or no? Uh, they have there are there are stadium restrictions in uh, in Tunisia, you know. So oh, there's so still restrictions in Tunisia now. Yes, just for instance, uh, limited attendance. Actually, there are limited attendance. Okay, so what's the Esperance average capacity for this season? Has been what? I, I would say they are allowed uh, for every games. I would say they are allowed to. For 30,000 uh, 30, fans. 30,000 is a lot. <laughs> That's not enough, actually. That's not enough. 30,000 is a lot. My brother, if if Eimba 
in in Nigeria, our Rangers can have 30,000 in their stadium every other week. We will be having this conversation, not <laughs> we will be having this conversation. 30,000 is a lot. I know the stadiums in North Africa are very big. So, for instance, yeah. the Esplanade Stadium is probably 60,000 capacity or 80,000 capacity. Yes, the Red Day Stadium, which is owned actually by the by the government, is. 62 if i'm not wrong so they're allowed to fill the stadium half yes okay so and they make so the average ticket in tunisia my ticket in for response is how much uh i would say it depends because you know most of the you know they just most of the fans who are who have the the priority are those yeah. who are who got yeah, a member yeah. a, a season ticket, so, the buy season ticket. so what's the average price for season ticket uh, I think I, I put it on Twitter. It's uh, something like uh, you, you have, I would say, fifteen dollars uh, on something like this. Uh, you have a match. Have, yes, for the yes for the entire season. I would say, you know, they have sold just. Uh, it was in September. They sold. Um, uh, if I'm not wrong, they in December. Sorry, yeah. uh, they announced that they sold. Uh, um, 10,000 season tickets. Yes. More than 10,000 in November, they say. Yeah. And you know, you have the, you have the, I will retreat it actually. You have the, the price, which is $30 actually the, uh-huh. the, the year. You have a, a 45, etc. And the, the best, the best ticket is actually a $200 actually. Uh-huh. The, the $200 yes. is it per match? No, it's for the for the for, for the, the season. season. Yeah, and ninety ticket tickets. You know, it's the popular stands. You know, you don't have even a seat. It's more you you sit on almost on a bench, and it's very basic. You know, it's just if you're a pure fan, it's for those ultras. Well, they, a season you know, a season ticket for the best seat in the house is two hundred dollars in Tunisia. Yes, it's it's a uh, six sixty uh, six six hundred and fifty. Uh, dinners, which is uh, something like this, I will. Uh, About two hundred dollars. Yeah, something okay. like this. Because it's so the cheapest ticket is thirty dollars. Yeah, something like this, definitely. And uh, and you know, they they are experience are getting their revenue from that, uh, from a uh, from a uh, season tickets and yeah, also tickets. from. If you sell ten thousand tickets, yeah, that's uh, a, a lot of my money. Math is, my math is right. That's yeah. that's two million dollars from not from right. Something yeah. like this. Yeah, that's two million dollars. Yeah, they have sold uh, something like this, and uh, and you know they are getting. Uh, they are, maybe they, they can't, uh, in terms of pure financial power, they can't fight with El Ahly and Zemelek actually because you saw that they have taken another step as they are now uh, buying players who are more. Well, multi-million dollar players actually. Yeah, but it's possible to buy a player for 1.5 million dollars. That's huge. Yes, but you know, it's it's more uh, one in a, I would say one in a, once in a while. Yes, once in a while when they massively need it, Esperance can 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 uh, fork out one million dollar. But when it but for El Ahly and Zemalek, it's a very it's a daily bread, I would say. So so but Esperance. So now- so now let me ask you this question: If I want to buy an Esperance jersey, right? Yeah. What do I do? You just have to go on the internet, actually, on the on the website of the of the official store, and they can sell it to you if you if you. Don't How much is an Esperance jersey? It depends because uh, usually. They are twenty-five dollars if I'm if I'm not wrong. The last was sold. Uh, the last was sold. Uh, you know, uh, twenty dollars actually, and, and, and they, they made and they, uh, and they probably sell out every season. They they made something incredible. You know, the last. Uh, the yeah, last I, saw, one, I saw the numbers. Was, yes, it's quite impressive. They, they sold, and it's not even an official jersey. You know, it's the fan jersey. It was the fan jersey for the. For the club World Cup, they sold to uh, twenty thousand in just wow. uh, a month or uh, a, a day or whatever, something like this. So they did like a fans commemorative jersey. Yes, it was. Yes, it was a fan. It was uh, you know it was a 
shared into it was yellow and red. It wasn't the, the red and yellow strips, and it was a commemorative jersey, and they sold it. You, there were massive crowd, uh, massive queues in there. Sold 20,000 of that. Yes, 20,000. Yeah, it was a Who's quite there? So Espanos has a deal with um, with which um, um, sportswear manufacturer? Uh, Umbro. Umbro. Bro. So Umbro yeah. pays Espron's X amount of dollars for that. I think they, they don't. I I don't think they are paid, you know, properly because the um, the relationship between the the two have been uh, very tough. You know, they were even <laughs> they were. Do you have an idea strong. how much they pay uh, Espron's? Uh, sorry? Do you have an idea how much the deal to keep responses for uh, for Umbro? Uh, I think I don't have uh, an idea personally because it didn't uh, it didn't leak and it rarely leaks for instance uh, but you have El Ahli who, who have maybe uh, they had a very good um, I would say they, ha they had a very good deal with Umbro I think it was three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, something like this. A year, three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for Alali for Umbro. I think it was something like this because. Uh, what about Zamalek? Zamalek, they are they have uh, Puma, so they are not much paid. I think it's more it's more a question of uh, of uh, of the the um, the popularity and even the if the club has a long a massive range, you know, if if they have a, a strong uh, potential, etc. And uh, for them, it's more Puma thing that they gave them. It was a, a temporary jersey at that at uh, first time, but it transformed uh, as the proper final deal. jersey. Yeah, and um, but for I think Ali have the best actually. Uh, three three hundred. Uh, so uh, the reason why I'm asking is that here in Nigeria, our clubs have a problem selling their jerseys. Yeah, and I don't I don't understand it. I'm talking to you now. You just told me I can go to Espon's website and I can yeah. get myself a jersey. And it will cost me probably $25. I know if I go on, I think if I go to Nike's website, I can find TP Mazembe and Kaiser Chiefs on their website. I don't know how much they paid, uh, how much Nike paid for those deals, but I'm saying that it's available. This is one of the problems we have in Nigeria. Uh, our guys are not exploring the full potential that merchandising, commercials, uh, match day, and all that, all those kind of revenues that are available, they are not doing that. They just want to sit back because most of them are funded by the government for the government to just give them money and then hope that if they go find the CAF Champions League, they'll get some money. Let's move, let's move on into something else. Um, do you think more billionaires should get involved in football? Uh, more billionaire, I, it depends. I think, for instance, if we take um, the case of Nigeria, I heard I heard many complaints. For instance, of uh, oh god, uh, yeah, you know, I was hoping you weren't going to go there, but okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> About uh, Aliko Dangote not being involved in uh, in Nigerian league or not being, for instance, a club. Uh, uh, personally, I think uh, I won't say I, I don't. I, I I won't say that uh, I I absolutely agree with him. But but I understand him actually that he doesn't want, for instance, to buy. Uh, I would love I would love to see him, for instance, buying Canopilos. But I I absolutely understand why he doesn't want. Actually, the they are not. Um, they are not. He won't be paid off. He's a businessman before every everything else. Exactly. So he, so yes, he won't be paid off, and that's why. And and even for instance, those uh, those men, those businessmen who are in African football, uh, either for instance, uh, Mr. Said and Nasiri in, uh, in Widad, Mr. Moise Katumbi, Patrice Motsepe, etc. Yeah. It's more, you know, it's even in a certain way, and even for instance, uh, Esperance president, it's more in a in a certain way, I would say, philanthropic things because yeah. The, all political things, you know, because uh, uh, Patrice Motsepe, in if you look at the purest aspect, what what, what he is winning in uh, in pay, in paying sundowns actually, the man is a billionaire. He's maybe the, the richest man in Africa, or, or one of the richest, if I'm not wrong. He he's doing it in a certain way for the pleasure, you know, for the love of the game. In a certain for for way, his because, ego, for his ego. Yes, absolutely. 
and uh, same for also uh, Mr. Hamdilmedeb, even though you know he was uh, he was playing at Esperance before, but uh, no. he wasn't good enough. You have also Moïse Katumbi, who used Tepi Mazembe to create himself uh, a strong base to, uh, to to be elected after that to Ka Katanga province and uh, government to be the, the governor of the, the province. This very rich province is the, the master of. Um, and you have Saeed al-Nasiri also who of uh, Widad, who, who has been uh, and who is a very rich uh, businessman and who used also this fame for Widad. I think it helped him to get a, a very solid uh, seat. I think he's, he's yes, he's sitting in uh, Morocco parliament, if I'm not wrong. So yes, he, in a certain way, in the economical, pure economical aspect, I don't think those men in a certain way have uh, have um, have have uh, an interest in the economical aspect i would say and everywhere and and i'm not taking out our our north african presidents who are maybe as dirty as the rest in uh, in some in some ways <laughs> so yes i'm not taking them out of the basket and uh, and uh, and and many are using it for, using it for political uh, purposes or other purposes who are not related to football and that's why as i was saying for the pure uh, financial aspect uh, mr dangote doesn't have any uh, interest in buying for instance canopillars or whatever even though he, he could uh, with the money he could turn it into the the pyramids of uh, of nigeria and uh, with a bet with a stronger fan base obviously well, uh, my my take on um, Dangote taking over any Nigerian team is very simple. He's a businessman. Yeah. As the league is structured today, as Nigerian domestic football is structured today, it does not suit a businessman of that caliber. Yeah, guys running our league, running our football, are particularly not interested in making the league profitable or making it even in any way or shape or form. They're not ready to um, see people come in and make proper investment. And in making proper investment, you need to put the necessary um, policies in place yep, to ensure that you know um, the right investment comes in. So when that happens, you know there's no way a big businessman, billionaire, would you know want to put money into. Uh, each Africa football, but I do agree with you 100%. It would be nice to have more billionaires in the game, uh, but we just have to live with what we have. Uh, let me go to uh, what's your take on Emmanuel Amunike popping up in Egypt? I think it's a it's a nice uh, it's a nice idea, I would say, because uh, it, it shows that, that um, Micelle Makassa Sporting Club. Makassa yes, it's a, yes. Actually, it's one uh, we were talking in uh, in in our off discussion. It's one of those uh, numerous plastic clubs. <laughs> who are, yeah, uh, in Egyptian leagues, actually. <laughs> it, it, it's yes. It's actually because they don't have a, a real fan base, and they were bought and renamed by a by a company. I think they are a cleaning company, Masrel Makassa, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, they were formerly known as Howidi uh, uh, Club or Al Farana. Yes, but the current yes. name was adopted. Yes, so so before the before that, you know, they were they were re, they were a very basic club, mm. and uh, I think yes, it's good for him because he will discover the he will discover another another type of pressure actually. Even though this is um, he will discover mediatic pressure, I would say, because he will have uh, he will have to to win every game or almost, you know, even though he, he has a, a, a second caliber team. And uh, he will discover a new environment. And I think, I, I would say personally, and that's my opinion, that his agent, who is uh, his agent since since the beginning of his career, uh, he's an Egyptian, and and he was the man who actually brought him. Oh, brought him to Zamalek. Oh, okay. Yes. So he's kept the same and, agent all this while. Yes, and and oh, I think fantastic. it helped massively to uh, it helped massively to get him the job because, and uh, I, I don't think he can make worse than the. The previous uh, formidable coach, which is uh, Ahmed Hossein Mido, who is a, a clear, who has shown again that he is not made for coaching but for punditry <laughs> at, at best. 
my friend. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. But I see that the club uh, finished second in 2016-2017. Yeah, and they were eliminated pathetically by a... By a Senegalese club. Yeah, it's a disgrace, actually. It's, uh, <laughs> to be eliminated by, uh, by kids is uh, not a disgrace, even though when you, you fail to win a game. In yeah, they failed to win at home and lost the way too near to Generation yeah, Foot of Senegal. Another of the, the plastic clubs which are reigning, which are burgeoning in Africa, as you saw, uh, just you saw, for instance, in the in the CAF Confederation Cup, we have plenty, actually. We have the pyramids. We need all those plastic clubs in Nigeria. We need them. <laughs> oh, I think, personally, those academies, those uh, pseudo-academies who are just there to make business and to send uh, to send uh, uh, African players in Europe, like uh, you send cattle in, uh, I don't know, you send cattle to the butcher. Um, I think those clubs, I, as I said, I think, I, I don't have a, a problem uh, with them. Just the, I, I have just a, a single problem, actually not, I don't have a problem, is the fact that they don't have fans, etc. It's incredible. You play, you have the feeling that you are play, playing behind closed doors. You don't have the feeling that you are playing a, the a playing like Confederation yeah. Cup or Champions League. You, you saw, for instance, and even there are two North African clubs like this. Actually, you have a pyramids. Uh, but, but yes, they are they are rich, etc. You have Paradu, who are the recently the best academy in Africa. But you know they don't have fans. They are playing in a in a, in uh, empty stadiums and and it's not because of uh, of the government of whatever on, on their cases it's just because you know they are in plastic and, and they're they, um, supposed to have a 20,000 capacity yes they have uh, they're supposed to but uh, you know they i think they can't even bring uh, let's say 5,000 fans <laughs> actually you know I, I i wouldn't be surprised for instance to see pyramids paying people to, to cheer to come the team, and watch the... <laughs> Yes, absolutely, I think. And I think it happened uh, in the pre against El Ahli or Zemelik, I would say. Oh. They, they paid some, some fans to, to come and, uh, and watch it. It's not very uh, it's not very good, you know. It's a plastic plastic club at its best. And you have also those, uh, those academies in, uh, in, uh, in Western Africa with... Um, Salinas of Burkina Faso, FC San Pedro, which, which was uh, yeah. which was built by Tunisian by uh, Tunisian expatriates. Actually, the most Tunisian clubs outside our borders <laughs> is now in the and is now in the, in the CAF Confederation Cup with Enimba, I think, if I'm not wrong. Yes, and, yeah. yes, and and they they have you know they bring diversity, but but the fact that they don't have uh, they don't have um, fans is is very painful, even though you know they bring. Uh, Another look about African football, you know, they are they are here to to promote youngsters and they don't have pressure, which is another a good point in those clubs, actually. But uh, yes, it's not, uh, and it's not uh, a modern thing, actually. You, you had in the past uh, NP, uh, Haras El Hadoud, actually, to give you an idea, it's like, um, it's like uh, ATO in uh, Nigeria for NP having a football club, actually. Yeah. And Haras uh, El Hadoud in Egypt, it's like it's uh, like having in Nigeria a club for the for the border guards. Actually, it's, uh, that's uh, that's nonsense. Actually, that's uh, in terms of morals, that's nonsense. But uh, you know, and they don't have, for instance, uh, unlimited, uh, unlimited budgets. But uh, but that's nonsense. You have also army clubs in Egypt, for instance. You have a club uh, if you don't make your your military service, you go there. So it's uh, so yes, it's uh, those clubs are burgeoning. They are they are good for the diversity of African football, but for the for the stadiums, they are another 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 story. Hmm. All right, let's round up uh, quickly. I just looked through your uh, your Twitter handle and I saw the the misses in African football, the <laughs> the gaping goal misses that you posted on your profile. Yeah, it's terrible. And the, the irony is, it's mostly the West African teams that are missing such chances glaringly. I can see a Yimba. They had to hit the bar like three times yesterday. That just yeah. shows you how how we're lacking on this on this side of Africa with coaching and all that. So, finally, what's your general impression of uh, Nigerian players playing across um, 
North Africa. I think uh, Juno Locosa is signed to Esperance. Yes, he did, and uh, and uh, he's uh, back from injury now. He's uh, recovering. He's finishing his recovery program. Sorry, and uh, yes, actually, we have uh, in in North Africa they are highly respected uh, Nigerian attack, especially the attackers. You have uh, Antonio Poto who signed for Monasti, and uh, yeah. from what I know, he won't stay much. If they they sell him, I think they will sell him in the at the end of the of the season because now he's the the main reason why they are second of the league, which is wow. which is not a small feat actually, especially especially now. Um, you have Junior Ajayi who is uh, yeah. playing in uh, for Al Ali. Yeah. yeah, and he was recruited by uh, before by. Uh, by CS Faxian, who are maybe the who unearth uh, and who have maybe the best li- the best links with Nigeria. They they have King yeah. Sule Sokari also, who is very good, who is uh, a very solid player. And uh, and um, yes, those are those are the three I would say that who have uh, who, are, who, are, who are the best at, at the moment. You have uh, Maruf Youssef who was playing at Zamalek, and he he's now playing in uh, Arab contractors. And you have uh, another uh, a bunch also of players who are playing in in those mid-table clubs, etc. Who are well, even so, yeah, um, Sikiru Alimu just moved to yeah to a club in Tunisia. Is yes, to Stade Tunisien. He was yeah, Stade Tunis. Yes, he's the the highest transfer of of their history. They're also fighting. How much? For... How much? Oh, you see, that's even a good one. The uh, club's uh, name is Stade Tunis, right? Yes, that Tunisian. Yeah, the, How much was the transfer deal? Honestly, I don't know because uh, uh, I, I I know a man who knows, but uh, I just know personally. I was just told that this is the greatest transfer ever. The highest transfer. You know why I asked that question? Why I don't know why. <laughs> because in Nigeria, Nigerian clubs don't talk about the transfer fee. Yeah. <laughs> they keep quiet about it. Yeah. You just hear the players sign for so so so. Boom. No word about transfer fee. Yeah, but it, it, in Egypt actually it leaks very well in in Morocco also, but in Tunisia it's very rare also that you know the 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 amount of money which is spent for a player, except if you if it's a, a big transfer like the 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 last transfer of experience. The such be is so. It's, it's so big that uh, everyone knows it, but when it's, it comes to players like this, it's uh, it's very hard to get the. What about Juno Lokosa? Do you have an idea what transfer fee was for Juno Lokosa? Uh, I think it was two 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 hundred and uh, two hundred and uh, and fifty thousand dollars. I would say something like this. Not nothing more. You know, they paid the uh, experience to to give you an idea. They paid the uh, uh, Asante Kotoko. Uh, they brought. Kwame Bonsu from Asante Kotoko for $150,000. So, so I would say it was also in this range, I would say maybe more because he was in, in, I was playing in, 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 he was the top scorer, if I'm not wrong. Mm -hmm. So, so maybe they paid this amount and, uh, and they don't have problems to pay this this kind of amount, as said, uh, minutes ago. But when it comes to the, to the multi-million transfers, the, it's once once in a in a in a time or once in a while uh, transfer. So yes, for the rest you have also uh, players in in uh, Morocco. I think even though Morocco have have uh, turned their, their faces to uh, the Congolese um, the Congolese market, market in the, yeah. in, the, in the in the last summer, which is uh, another market which is which seems to be uh, an an infinite. Um, it's it's impossible to, to find the, the, the end of this market, actually. You have uh, many, 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 many players who always came, who always uh, burn, always rose, etc. So uh, they turned uh, some, many turned that they, um, they face there. And you have also, uh, I think you have, especially in, I'm talking for Tunisia, but um, we'll see, I, I would say we'll see less Nigerian players than in the past because, you know, the the, the rules to to sign foreigners in Tunisia have been even more tightened, yeah. Yeah. even though we you know we are we are allowing uh, North African players. Uh, we are not counting anymore. Yeah, not counting them players. as foreigners anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, which which uh, I think it's very visible when you see Esperance or Etoile uh, um, uh, squads now. But for the rest, I think it would be difficult, and that's why you have. Um, and in the past, it couldn't have happened. Actually, you have now uh, clubs who are recruiting uh, uh, Burundi players, um, uh, Burundi players, yes, uh, Gambian players, etc. Because th they need to have uh, a certain amount of uh, of uh, of caps uh, in order to sign to be allowed to sign. So it's uh, it's a stupid law, actually. Uh, it's as stupid as the law of. Uh, as this law in, in many North African countries, which is to uh, to ban foreign goalkeepers, it's it's a useless and stupid uh, law. As you you can't make more stupid actually, and and you see now the the best the best African keepers there may be Moise Ben Shrifi of uh, Esperance when he wants the, the best the best keepers aren't uh, aren't in North Africa actually. You have. Uh, you have those uh, in Europe and nothing else, you know. So, so it's stupid, actually. So, are you saying the best goalkeepers are in Western Africa? Uh, absolutely, oh, definitely, okay. actually. Oh, okay. Uh, especially Cameroon, especially Cameroon. Oh, actually. for real. They're, pro they're producing, uh, they're producing uh, huge goalkeepers like uh, our master Jesus was giving bread. Actually, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> they should give us their their secret, and uh, yes, and those uh, and those stupid laws. I think they are hampering many things. But uh, but the this uh, but so this, if uh, law... if if you were called to advise uh, a club today, you tell them you want a goalkeeper, go to Cameroon. You yes, want a striker, go to Nigeria. Yeah, is that and it? If you... Yes, and if you want uh, technical players, you. You go, you go everywhere. Actually, I would say, and, uh, and if you, especially, uh, yes, because we in Tunisia were not the most technical. But if you go to Morocco, you get. Uh, personally, I, I would love. That's one of my dreams. I would say, I would love to see, for instance, uh, uh, a Nigerian club or whatever uh, recruiting a, a North African player. I would, I would say. No, oh, the problem is the problem is they probably owe him salary and uh, the country, yeah. and they yeah. will get angry. <laughs> and, and return and, uh, to his country. That's probably what happens. We don't, we haven't gotten our, our model right. Uh, that's one of our major issues. We have huge potential um, across yeah. board to rival the North African teams and even the Southern African teams. If yeah. if only we can, you know, harness the potential we have, do the easy and most basic things and get it right. If we're able to do that, then I think that we have a chance to you know, take a huge claim across Africa. But for now, we, we're we not ready. I always say that. That's always my conclusion. When we have, when I have conversations like this, we are not ready. Yeah. Lotsfi, yeah. I am extremely, extremely appreciative for you giving me your time. Uh, it's, you support Manchester United too, right? No, I don't support any club. I support the the, except the club of my village in Tunisia and the club of uh, of my uh, of my hometown in France, but that I don't support any team. What's the name of your village club in Tunisia? Uh, Gafsa, it's called it. We actually played the, the CAF Confederation Cup, uh, uh, I would say, ten years ago. Yeah, it was or t ten or twelve. Are you in the ago. first division or in the second division? Second division currently, oh. but, uh, okay. but we played the CAF Confederation Cup, which is a. Uh, which is quite a feat, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, yes, we we all we even played against uh, Sundowns and uh, etc. So uh, at okay. the time there were there were nothing. It was so. a smaller team then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. So what's the name of the other club? The the other one you in, said to support? In France, I I am supporting uh, Clermont Ferrand, which uh, Clermont. Oh, they're in League Two. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, okay. They oh. signed actually. Uh, we signed a partnership with. Uh, Two partnerships actually with uh, Tepe Mazembe and one with GS Kabili, which is a uh, which That's is huge. Uh, That's huge. Yeah, very, That's very huge for the African teams, especially. Yes, they have a pipeline across us, Africa. Yeah, it's huge for us because uh, we we have signed uh, partnerships with uh, teams who are much bigger than than us actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you can say that that a team in. 
many Africans will say what you just said, that a team in League 2 in France is smaller than TP Mazembe and GS Kabir. Yes, at my age, we are definitely smaller. GSK are, uh, are one of the auguries of, uh, of African football, football same for yeah. TP Mazembe, uh, historically or whatever, or the financial. Nationally so, as well. So yes, we it's are. It's interesting that you say that. It's interesting you say that. So in in this case, we are we are on the we are in the other side of the barrier. Actually, we are the we are the David and they are the Goliaths. I would say. <laughs> interesting, Lodfrey. Thank you so much for coming on Ninety and a little extra. Um, thank you very much. It has been an enlightening, enlightening conversation, and hopefully, I hope that when I invite you another time for us to talk more you will accept my invitation uh thank you again for your invitation it's uh it's a pleasure for me actually it's not a, a burden or, or whatever it's a pleasure and, and for sure be sure that i will accept your invitation again great great thank you very much once again uh this has been 90 and a little extra thank you to Lotfi, my guest from france african north african football journalist who his knowledge is extensive and it's good that we've shared this time talking about the peculiarities of North African football vis-a-vis Nigerian football and West African football as a whole. Uh, like I said, this is 90 and Little Extra. My name is Adeyemi Adesanya. You can follow this podcast at 90 and Little Extra on Twitter. You can follow my personal handle at YemiTM442. Um, this um, episode would be on later in the week so you can uh, get to listen to it across all the platforms that you have podcasts on. It's a pleasure having this and uh, have a good day.